Yes, what's the address they should send it to? Oh, they can to? send it to me actually, sussex at uq dot edu dot au uq.edu.au dot edu and would you like to say hello to your friends in berlin and geneva in another particular language not particularly because they both speak extraordinarily good english yeah but yeah. Oh, i just want to show off your yeah, language skills Tag meine Damen und Herren in german uh, i can't do it in swiss german unfortunately swiss german is something switzerdeutsch is something very very distinctive oh, roly i'm so disappointed in I'm you i'm sorry <laughs> Now, you've been noticing something that's uh, been happening in terms of forms of address yes. for people in public. What, what's, is when this I, getting your goat? Well, when I wake up on Saturdays, I listen to you and Annette, which is a great way to start the day. Thank you, as you should. And Yeah, and reminds me about the failings of my own garden. Oh, no. And I was intrigued by a female listener calling you girls. All right, now, two women in the studio together, right. And then it struck me that it would be... I, I think impossible for me to call you girls. Even ladies sounds a little bit maybe too formal and so on. Now, I do a lot of public speaking, and some of these are clubs of women only. And the president will often say, come on, ladies, you know, call you to order. And uh, is that a female president? That's a female president with a female audience, fine. But girls, it struck me that there are interesting asymmetries between who can call a group of other people what. Now, one of the most useful ones nowadays is guys, even though it's American. Well, there have been questions about whether that's appropriate, though. Well, it's my daughter says she can say to a group of women, come on, guys, let's go for a drink. And that's fine to mixed audiences, to males or to females nowadays. It wasn't about 10 years ago. And it actually gets us out of a problem because what do you say, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, that now sounds terribly formal. One of the airlines used to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's well and truly dead now. And so we're looking for something which is neutral, but also respectful. But uh, not meine Damen und Herren. Not meine Damen und Herren, which, well, again, but you see, Damen und Herren, ladies and, and gentlemen, gentlemen, all right. But, hey, guys, there has been a big debate about this there recently, has. hasn't there? Mm -hmm. That it's not inclusive enough, that it still speaks mostly to men It was originally men, but it's, it's, it's creeping. And look, if women can use it to women... Now, if I'm in doubt, I ask women what they like to be called, how they like to be addressed, and how they address others. Right? This is the trick, actually. If you, if you ask people what they say and how they wish to be addressed, then you probably won't put your foot on too many minds, you hope. But then what do you call men? Now, I've been called very frequently mate in Australia. That's fine. Mate. Mate. And it, it's kind of neutral. It, it deals. You wouldn't say to someone in a professorial board meeting at a university, hey, uh, come on, mates. If you didn't oh, why that. not? It, it's not part of the, part of the accepted, accepted discourse. But I've been called um, bud or buddy. Hey, bud, you want a hand? You know, when I've got a problem with my car. Um, we have things like gents. Gentlemen, right? How would a teacher address a class? Students? Hey, guys, you guys. Some people say folks. It's all right, we'll get you a bucket. I'm sorry. Do you have any preferences? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I answer to more or less anything. <laughs> I, I, Rolly. Yeah, all right. No, I've been called bro. And? Which is what the, did you do to that? I, I just said nothing. I, I didn't take offence. Did the eyebrows rise? There was a little twitch. <laughs> now, one interesting thing was under communism, 
in, say, Eastern Europe, it was absolutely clear in most, in not all of the countries, uh, for example, in Russian, you would say tovarish, and tovarish means comrade. And, I mean, you've been in Moscow, you know this. Nowadays, after the fall of communism, the word tovarish is almost unusable. It, it has, it means you, you sort of belong to the old regime type of thing. And so they're, they're it's used sarcastically amongst very sarcastically. So Muscovites, you, you, that might, I you might say "gospoda," which means gentleman, you know, or something like that. But um, not all of these countries did it. Sodruch in Czech, yeah, the Poles never took onto onto the communism. Uh, Tovarzysh, they they hated that word and never used it. What do you think of the sort of social media driven term, peeps? Peeps. Well, it's it's part of the. Hey, uh, peeps. Yeah, yeah, all right. My peeps. Yes. It, <laughs> do, you, do you put that out on Twitter, Rolly? Hey, I, peeps. I don't. <laughs> but then it's a generational thing. So we'd like to ask the listeners how you like to be addressed, because this is actually quite an interesting thing. It is shifting. It has changed over the last 10 years. Guys has made a lot of inroads into address to women. But again, a the the key point is here. You can say things to your peers that you can't say across the gender divide. And it's true that women can talk to men probably more flexibly than men can talk to women. Okay. And I'm I'm actually in a bit of a bind because I'm conscious that girls is too familiar and can sound a bit condescending. Ladies, even from someone of my age, sounds a little bit stiff and formal. So what do I say to a group of women when I'm about to give an address? You know, good morning. Chicks. Hey, babes. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking... No, that's not serious advice, Rolly. No, I know it isn't, but, but it, it's part of the puzzle because, again, certain people of a certain age, of a certain gender, and men have to be terribly careful. Uh, now, the interesting thing is that we generally leave things out. We don't use a form of address at all. You just say, excuse me. Whereas you in French, you would say, pardon, mademoiselle, or monsieur, something like that. And we just leave it out in English because we're conscious that there is a problem and we're not quite sure which way to jump. So we've, we're probably culturally at that stage where we've identified the problem wrongly, yes. but we haven't come up with a solution no. yet. And women to women, I think you're very comfortable with the way... Well, how, how do, you, do you like being addressed as madam in a, in a shop? Madam in a shop. Or oh, ma'am. It doesn't make me feel terrific. No? You feel a bit, a bit. well, it would be a rather expensive shop probably. Probably. Yes. I, I get sir occasionally in shops, no, upper market shops, or from tradies. Um, and that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable because I'm really, I mean, all right, I've got a posh accent, but it's, I'm not that. that uh, Haven't you been knighted yet? <laughs> no. Gee, well, that, someone better get onto that. All right. I have a French decoration, but the French don't use titles. If they do, they chop off people's heads, you see. What's so, the decoration you have? Oh, I'm a Chevalier des Palmes Académiques, which is a knight of the academic palms for contribution to French language and culture. Holy dooly. But, so but, you are Sir Rolster? No. Okay. No, I'm just rolling. Uh, but there are lots and lots of other things. And in, within the family, mm. you probably address your grandparents fairly respectfully. Grandma, grandpa, mum, pop, whatever. Parents... It's getting looser. Some people use their first names. But, uh, again, depending on the context and the relationship and the gender. All right. Really, really good problem. Here it's, we go. It's becoming complicated, isn't it? Diane at Alderley. Oh, Hello. You've got a solution for this, you think? Yes. Whenever I'm talking to a large group of people, I just say, good morning, everyone. <laughs> 
That is one of the the easiest, neatest, and most flexible. Uh, I'm not sure you'd say it to a very formal meeting. Oh, no, most of them formal as well. Are they? Okay. Yep, I tend to stay away from ladies and gentlemen, unless it is, well, appropriate. Uh, Can we ask what sort of groups you address? Um... Oh, large groups, sometimes... Um, Professionals? Like large large school mm-hmm. formal occasions. Okay. Um, also um, training individuals, but mainly in the um, uh, leadership groups. So. Okay, that's interesting. And, of course, everyone will probably include children if, if there are any yeah. present. Yeah. yeah. So that you've got something which is age-neutral as well. Yeah, and it goes across everyone. And I've never had anyone have, have a challenge with it. Um, sometimes if it's a more informal group of just women, I will say um, good morning, ladies, but very rarely because ladies feel a little uncomfortable. That's interesting. Even from a woman, yeah. Even from a woman, it just seems to be a different era. If you had a male speaker and he said ladies, how would you react? Yeah, I think that would be a little um, denigrating. It just doesn't feel right anymore. Mm-hmm. But then I do tend to use guys for very informal and I use it um, for both genders. And I often use folks in informal. Yeah. So the, the, there's there's the the everyone is actually the the, the cover all form, isn't mm. it? it? It does for lots and lots of groups. But when when you're standing um, a, around a barbie or whatever, you no, know, hello everyone, mm. hello guys, hello folks. If it's a barbie, it'll probably be um, hello folks. Yes, I reckon. <laughs> okay, so we're we're actually quite sophisticated in the way we make distinctions between the formality of of the of the event where we're at and choose the right form. Thank you, Diane. That was interesting. You are very welcome. Thanks, Rolly. It's uh, it's like um, sort of kinship it is. Uh, lessons mm. and uh, relationships that they're very complicated on how you can address oh, yes. each other in various cultures, aren't they? Including in First Nations. Yeah. Well, in, in Russian, you, uh, you there are two pronouns. V is used politely, and T is used to. Uh, family, friends, and close close associates. Or to talk, to, or to put someone in their or place. Or to put someone down. Yes. Alan's. Um, oh, sorry. We, we've lost that in English. It used to be there. We've lost it. Uh, and the there are our forms, our pronouns, like you, right? There's no thou anymore, right? So, but there are. Look, in Vietnam, if you're a twin, the younger twin has to address the older twin with respectful pronouns. Oh gosh, that would be so galling. <laughs> Alan's suggesting you lot. Or you lot, and Ross is uh, putting out there blokes and sheilas. Ah, uh, yes. Now, blokes, blokes and sheilas. Uh, I think if if you said that, except with a um, a very well known group of people, you could get yourself into trouble. Um, but again, if you can give me a context where blokes and sheilas would would go well, and if you said something else, people would feel put out. I'd be interested. I think if you're doing it with obvious irony. Ah, that's different. Because then people are know that you know that you're pulling someone's leg, right? This is where you need to be taken appropriately to the to the context, right? Yes, and you probably need to see somebody's face. Probably, yes, you know. The university and the academic board, colleagues, you know, maybe. Mm, Tavarich, no, no comrades. No, no. <laughs> um, Bob. Now Bob's taking us uh, to a different topic. All Bob right. in Clontarf. What did you want to speak to Professor Rolly Sussex about? Yes, uh, Rolly. Uh, mm. One day I was going to ring you about this very topic, and you illustrated for me very nicely what I was trying to say. This century, uh, people say both the year two thousand and nineteen and twenty nineteen, and in that particular sentence, you said. 2013 and 2015 in the one sentence. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I found it peculiar because uh, I'm very familiar with the Dutch language, which uh, last century everybody said in the short form. At this century, everybody says exclusively in the long form. Really? In French, they've always said everything in the long form. Well, the, the French really only have the one way of doing it. Um, that's interesting. Uh, both of them are common, and I don't think that either is more or less formal or appropriate in any context I can think of. One thing I can tell you is that the Americans say 2019 without the and. And they, they would say 105 rather than 105. They sometimes leave it in, sometimes put it out. But the, the leaving it out is, is a very American thing. We are starting to do it as well. Really? I just take shortcuts. That's right. Uh, it begs the question, would they have done the same thing in the year 1000? Ah, uh, back then they hadn't even got around to this. And I think the first time they started doing this was in the 20th century where, you know, the 1914-1918 war and so on, phrases like that, gave you the 19... I don't think in the 19th century they talked about 18 so-and-so as much. But I'll have to check. So, uh, Rolly, what do you think is... The preferred option, 2019 or 2019? ABC Style Guide is 2019. Is it? It ah. is. It is. Uh, that, uh, that ruling came out quite a while ago, about the 20s. Mm. 2016, 2019. Okay, I don't know if it saves us syllables when it, we're it saying it in news bulletins, yeah, you know. Short, shorter is often going to win anyway. Certainly in broadcast. Yeah. Oh, yes. And again, 20, 2000 and, 2000 and is, you know, it's, it sounds long and fussy and complicated and so on. So 2019 is whatever. Um, the, there is also the question of what you call the first decade of this century some people called it the the you couldn't call it well that some people called it the noughties because n-o-u-g-h-t-i-e-s because it was from naught to ten some people have called it the aughties a-u-g-h-t-i-e-s as a way of getting away from the problem with naughty um now that we're in the teens it'll be easy when we get to the 20s 2000 no the 20s the 30s and so on what you call things up to 20 is actually a little problem have you got a solution nope Okay, there's another one that perhaps you can solve or, or discuss with Rolly. Uh, 23 past 10 on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Your questions to Rolly Sussex, who is a Professor of Applied Language Studies at the University of Queensland, speaks quite a few languages, reads quite a few more, mm. currently learning Mandarin. I just started. How's it's, it going? It's killing me because I, I'm going to have to sit down and get myself a tutor and do some proper classes. Uh, I know lots of things about Chinese, but it's just a, it, the way it does things is very different from all the languages I know, which are European. So have you been trying with like a phrase book and a tape in the I did a, tape a, in a the, few introductory in the car. classes and then I've been listening to, to the stuff in the car and... and the only way to learn a language is to spend consecutive, regular time in quality attention doing it to and fro with an informed teacher. Mm. And I'm going to have to get one. Right. Okay. Well, be interesting to check your progress with that too. I'm sure you will. Lovely, Rolly. Carl on the Sunshine Coast. What do you need from Rolly, Carl? Yeah, uh, Rolly, I, I say that uh, words are labels and idea containers. Mm hmm. Uh, which brings me to my topic is the use of spell checkers in modern journalism mm. and their failings. Right. And that was brought up again this morning when in the Australian, in the business page and headlines, it said that banks praying, banks prey on something or other. Oh, no. P-R-A-Y. Oh, dear. And, and that 
what does that image form in your head? Um, well, possibly it's a journo being quite clever with a pun. But I think it's more likely to be the mistake you're talking about. Oh, yes. Hang on. What's the full headline then, Carl? Oh, I haven't got it in front of me, unfortunately, but it was something like, you know, banks preying on elderly people or yes. or something or other like that. But, but yeah. I just had this vision in my head of banks somehow bowing down, I don't know, with folding hands. Or be nice, or yes. <laughs> the, the trouble, by the way, spell checker is an Americanism. We used to say spelling checker at the start, but we've lost the ing. Uh, the trouble with them is that, that they, on the whole, don't know much about grammar, and they simply say, is this a legal English series of letters? And, um, and as a result, uh, you get things like T-O-T-O-O-T-W-O, and depending on my my um, dictation software does the same thing it occasionally pops one in more or less at random and i have to be very careful to go back and correct it so you're dead right there is a real problem with this um, the, the thing that gets me more is okay i can remember seeing them in you know, small print in different bits of the text yes but when you see them in big print headlines mm -hmm. you say to yourself my God, where was their English? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm afraid there, there's also the passing of the subs. <laughs> uh, subs are sub-editors who used to be gatekeepers of usage, and they were fantastic people, and nothing got past a good sub. Uh, nowadays, the, the, it's a, the newspapers seem to be either they're, they're outsourcing it or just not doing it so much, and uh, a lot of stuff gets through, which is not correct. Now... As our spelling checkers get cleverer about grammar, they will know when to use T-O and T-W-O and so on. And a few of them are heading in that direction. There are some products out there. Usually you've got to pay for them. But unfortunately, most of the checking that's done is simply done to say, is this an English word or not? If so, don't comment on it. And you're quite right with the praying E-Y and praying A-Y should have been picked up. Mm. Lovely point. Thank you, and a great example. Thank you, Carl. Merv on the Sunshine Coast. Merv, what did you want to talk to Rolly about? Oh, yes, good morning. Um, oh, just a quick comment about greeting people. Yes. Probably good morning or good afternoon. Mm. Might be a good start. And you, you don't? <laughs> <If> you don't, <laughs> don't strike oil in the first five minutes, quit boring. <laughs> gotcha. Don't strike oil. <laughs> Rolly right. always strikes oil, Merv. Uh, Depending no, on the quality I've, I've of the oil. A couple of things about the use of, of misuse of some words, like indigenous, mm -hmm. uh, yes. which you well know means born mm. in the country. Yes. Uh, and it's thrown around to mean Aboriginal quite often. Like yes. You feel it. You see a, a minister for Indigenous Affairs when it's really supposed to be a minister for Aboriginal affairs mm. and I, I don't know why that is maybe it sounds a bit better or well indigenous actually covers not only Aboriginal people but also Torres Strait Islanders yeah and those and you, you need a word that's going to cover both because leaving one out is 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 inequitable so indigenous I think is uh, you know it, it, it simply means native and I suppose in one sense uh, I was born in Australia and I'm fifth generation so I would be indigenous in a certain sense as yeah, well, me too. but not nearly not nearly as indigenous as the people who got here somewhat earlier than forty thousand years ago. True, yeah, or fifty five thousand years oh, back to ago. Yes, now, yeah. in fact, there was some evidence of sixty thousand, but there's still, you know, scientists are still kind of looking at that. Okay. Making me feel young. 
You are. <laughs> we all are, aren't we? There's a couple more things here. Okay, oh. briefly, Merv. Another We've just got lots of people. The use of data, yes, or commonly now called data, mm -hmm. comes from, of course, datum, as you mm -hmm. know. Yes. Uh, and so data, in fact, the word is plural and mm -hmm. constantly used in the singular, like the data is mm -hmm. instead of the data are. Yep. That, that has now become a collective noun, and even the usage guides say that singular is all right. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry about that. I don't. I make data plural. And by the way, there's also data, which is American. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that that is one which I'm afraid we've lost the battle on, and is is now yeah. is migrated uh, into the singulars. Okay. Well, just quickly, the use of quality. Mm -hmm. uh, a quality house. A ah, quality yes. deal. Mm. Uh, you, you you say to yourself. Uh, mm. Good or bad yes, meaning meaning that it is of quality. Yeah. I agree with you. This is this is a, a marketing thing, yeah. and uh, in certain markets, the use of that word is a an almost necessary indicator of a pro property that is really desirable, yeah. and you ought to go and buy it at once. Sure. Okay. And Thanks, Merv. Oh. Sorry, Merv. We've just got to move on here. Um, Hazel on Bribey Island. Hello, Hazel. Um, and Riley, I'd like to know, have you got any explanation why some people insist on transposing letters? In speech like, or in writing? I beg your pardon? In speech or in writing? In speech, mm -hmm. like people who say arcs. Oh, yes. And the, the common one round here, and I've even heard it from on announcers on the, the ABC, mm -hmm. who say diagula. Um, uh, where the I is really after the U, not after the D. Yes, the the, the Dagular Ranges is, is, is a problem because it is, again, a foreign name, and with foreign names we're never quite sure how to how far to anglicise them, you know, like D'Antricasto and so on, done in Tassie. Uh, but the, the Arx one is a common one, and Asterisk and Asterix both get mixed up. Uh, Asterisk is the, the little star thing, and Asterix is the name of a French comedy character um, and, and the trouble is someone makes a mistake and other people aren't quite sure so they imitate it and it just takes off and it becomes what's called a meme and sometimes they're we very weird like performance well we've, we've had uh, you know senior politicians in the world who can't say who say nuclear uh, well, nuclear. there's a lovely piece nuclear. of, of <laughs> nuclear uh, it should be nuclear um, the the answer there that was president bush the second and he was actually telling a journo that it was in fact nuclear, nu and she gave up after a while and said, "Okay, Mr. President, what is it?" Um, what do you do when you hear people say this stuff, Rolly? Do you correct? Pull people? out my notebook and write it. No, 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 and not unless it's a someone in a um, an educational context where having me correct them, like one of my students, would be good good for them. But in fact, there are two words which go C L E A R. One of them is nuclear, and the other is cochlear. And all of the other ones, like muscular, go U-L-A-R. And so President Bush was merely following a, I think it's an 800 to 2 split. The English language is just designed to trick us, isn't yes. it? Yes. Well, it's good to hear that, I mean, correcting people can be... It can, it can be hard oh, if you, um, if, on the person. Yes. I mean, if it's among good friends and someone says something and they really don't know, I, you know, I might say, hey, do you know that's really so-and-so? And, and mostly, if they're decent, you know, good friends, they will say, oh, look, grateful for that i didn't know that will you will you correct me if i ever say anything incorrect it is that an open invitation absolutely okay you're on
Okay, thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, Paul at Inogra has uh, something to say about addressing groups of people. Hello, Paul. Oh, good day, Emma. Good day, Riley. Hello. Yeah, um, the word guys to express greetings to women really gets on my goat. <laughs> doesn't float your boat? No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, this must be the era yeah. that I'm in, but uh, to, to hear you know, a group of women to say, g'day guys, mm. really irks me. Yeah, oddly enough, I think a man saying that to a group of women would sound strange. Yeah. Uh, women do women do it to each other. That's that's already okay if they feel like comfortable right. with that. And by the way, it doesn't get on your goat; it gets your goat. <laughs> right. The uh, the the trouble with that thank one. Thank you, Rolly. Yeah. Gets me, on Rolly. your goat. No, it's mm. me. I I probably put that in your head, Paul. Oh. <laughs> I have that power over the radio airwaves. You uh, see. You, <laughs> you know. You know the origin. It's, it's in horse racing. Apparently horses fret the night before a race, and so if you put a goat in with them, it'll help them calm down because of the company. And so if you go and remove the goat from your opponent's stable, the horse will fret and won't run. And that is supposed to be the origin of get someone's goat. I love that. That is very knowledgeable, Riley. I, I love your show. <laughs> Thank you. Don't we all? Thanks very much, Paul. And uh, thank you very much, Professor mm. Rolly Sussex. I've got a research project. You are Can working I? on some very interesting research. What's happening? For the last 15 years, I've been working on pain and how people talk about it, particularly to their doctors and physicians, and how that helps in diagnosis and management of pain conditions. And there's something called chronic pain, which in some people lasts for 20 plus years. And so the way you manage to explain it, because pain is personal, subjective, and the words you use are really, really tricky. And there is a category of pain called pelvic pain, particularly in women. It affects maybe 20% of the population. It's huge. And uh, some of it is um, muscles. Some of it is reproductive. Um, some of it is, is simply posture. And some of it is related to, to uh, periods and so on. And we have a project, a research project involving a survey, which is online at the moment. And if women would like to contribute, we've, it's been running for five days. We've had 500 responses already for Australia and New Zealand. A lot of women are worried about this and would like to contribute. So this is if you're a woman and you do experience pelvic pain? Yes, please do get in there. Uh, there's a website, pelvicpain.org.au, pelvicpain in one word, .org.au, and there is an item there about the research project. And we'll put it up on Facebook as well, thanks to Rob, so that you can find it that way, pelvicpain.org.au. And if you'd like to contribute, we'd be very pleased to hear, with, hear from you because we need to understand much more about how people talk and understand pain issues. Rolly Sussex brings such diverse issues to yes. this show, don't you? Thank you so much. You Love your work. Word? Yes, please. Oh, yes. Support bacteria. They're the only culture some people have. <laughs> the ABC, celebrating the UN Year of Indigenous Languages. Hello, my name is Noel Nanup. I am a Noongar man. Did you know that Perth in Noongar language is called Borlu, and Borlu in our language means a place where there are lakes that join into one body of water and are extension of the river. For news, local stories, and to find out what's happening in your region, stay tuned right here on your radio, online, and on the ABC Listen app.